0: The Pasco County DEC is providing this podcast as a public service in order to let you know more about the issues and ideas which Democrats have identified as being very important for voters and also to provide a forum for Democratic candidates for office. Our podcasts are open to anyone interested in how Pasco Democrats are dealing with the important issues of the day. You can check out our PascoDems.com website and also on Facebook, Pasco Dems. and the views expressed by the guest and host on our podcast are their own, and not the official views of the Pasco County Democratic Party or Democratic Executive Committee. Welcome today, Beverly Ledbetter. This is the third or fourth podcast we've done in the last year and a half, and there's always something new that Beverly has been involved in. Uh, and so welcome, Beverly. And I think one of the first things I'd like to do today, uh, and thanks to your emails that went out to all the DEC members, but let's review how to track state bills and what people can do as a result of tracking those bills.
1: Hi, well, thank you for having me. Um, it's very easy to track a bill in the Florida legislature, and I think it is very important for all citizens to know. What are the proposed bills that the legislature is looking at? Because sometimes things slip by. The newspapers don't cover the legislature. Many times there are issues that you personally are interested in, be it transportation, education, health care, whatever. And this... Well, offer you the opportunity to be able to see what the legislation is going to be and give you a chance to have a voice in what that legislation is and to put input in and to talk directly to your legislators. So personally, I like the flsenate.gov website and the reason why I prefer it is once you get to the section on bills, you have the option of looking at just the Senate bills or just the House bills are both the Senate and the House bills. And I think that's very important. And I particularly like that option so that I can see if there is a companion bill in both houses. Right. So that tells you whether or not the bill actually has a chance. Mm-hmm. Once you do there, you choose the term that you want to take and search, if it's education or transportation or health. If you know the specific bill, there's a, a little box that you can put that particular number in, you click search And all of the bills on that topic or that specific bill will show up. Once you click on that bill, you can then look at the entirety of the bill, look at all of the language, see what committees it's going to be in, and also see what action has been taken in each committee. There is a yellow button beside each bill. When you click on the yellow button, that's called the bill tracker, you will be notified every time that bill comes up in a committee, and you will be notified anytime any action has been taken on that bill. So it's a, a great tool for the average citizen to know what's going on in Tallahassee.
0: Okay. Now, one of the things I just want to mention before we go further uh, is that, in a sense, you can do a similar thing in Pasco County. And if people aren't aware of it, they ought to sign up, get an account, and you can get um, advised of any meetings that are happening in Pasco County, and where they're being held and that sort of thing. So it's very good for us to to keep it aware of what's going on. Going back now to the legislative session so far, are there any particular issues that you think we as Democrats in Pasco ought to be concerned about?
1: I think there are are several of them. Um, To me, one of the most important ones is now HB1. And you can tell how important a bill is because when they start the bill process of turning bills in, the bills start with HB2 or SB2, Mm -hmm. leaving the number one position for the governor's priority. So this is a priority. HB1 is a priority of Governor DeSantis. Mm -hmm. And HB1 is a bill Mm -hmm. that increases uh, school choice. It increases the voucher system. It one more time takes more money out of our public school system. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a bill that we need to look at. Uh, Additionally, uh, personally, I'm very worried about his teacher bill of rights. Uh, and his anti-union stance because that hurts quality of of life for teachers and in our county education is a big industry and the money that teachers and support staff uh, spend in this county Mm -hmm. if you take uh, their buying power you're hurting local businesses as well so i think that's something that in pasco county we need to be aware of
0: that's a very good point for people to remember go ahead
1: You know, I'm looking at part of the bill and it it just decimates the unions and and people have an erroneous idea. They think that unions support bad teachers or bad employees, but unions don't do that. Unions support the contract. It's just like a, a defendant. A defendant, even if it's the most heinous crime, they have an attorney who's looking out to make sure that their constitutional rights are not violated. Mm-hmm. You're not supporting the action of that of the accused, even if he is on videotape. You're not you're not taking and defending that. You are defending the rights because if you allow rights to be violated, you open the door for everyone's rights to be violated. And that's right. what unions do. They protect the contract. I know as a, a union representative, many times I would stand up for the contract and then take a the teacher outside and chew him up one side and down the other. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that the contract. They now want, the governor wants the unions, of only the teacher unions. I need to stress that. No other public employee union would have to do this but they want you to have 60 yep. percent representation that, that's nearly impossible to do um, they are also uh, no union distribution of information in the work site right. you can't have meetings in the work site um, so I, I think that it's really a violation in the state of freedom your ah. freedom to join a union mm-hmm. and your of association is being undermined.
0: Yeah. This whole topic, it's a separate one, of course, but uh, that, that Florida is the place of freedom. And the, the thing that I found over my lifetime is that when you hear politicians say certain things, assume that they mean the opposite.
1: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, um, I think they have co-opted the word freedom it's basically my freedom and not yours. That's what I call the moms for liberty. I call right. them moms for our liberty and not yours.
0: mm mm-hmm. And now, and I saw in this morning's paper, the article that indicated, among other things, he wants to make sure that uh, uh, unions can no longer have uh, teachers deduct, their, have their money paid through this school uh, uh, paycheck. It's got to be done outside entirely. So at home, you'd have to write a check each month to the union, have nothing whatsoever to do with the school um, and so that's just another way of trying to um, um, hamstring, I think, the union activities and so forth. Let me turn your turn the topic a little bit to this because this is going to be extremely important to us. We have a, a school superintendent race showing ahead um, beginning, and, and I understand we've got John Leg who is uh, running uh, for the uh, uh, head of uh, the schools in Pasco County, and there's also a woman named Michelle Mandarin. Do you know anything about her?
1: She uh, attends the school board meetings, often speaks. She is a Moms for Liberty, ultra-conservative, no rights for LGBTQ community, no safe stickers in the schools, no libraries in the classrooms, uh, parental, my parental right over any other parent's rights.
0: Right. And I've, I've, I've ordered her book. She's got a book at about $3.50 at Amazon called World Class Education, A Look Inside Pasco County School Board. And my Lord, when I read that, uh, I couldn't believe what I was reading, although I probably should have. But just the way in which she is talking about um, what... Uh, what courses are trying to do sometimes, what they're trying to do in schools, and that is, uh, to indoctrinate, which is a favorite word now of DeSantis and so forth. Uh, and she takes on critical race theory and so forth and so on. So I'm waiting for that book to get in. I was able to read about, uh, 10 pages of it last night on, uh, one of those Kindle things, and, uh, that was, it was just frightening. And I don't know if you, uh, the fact that that's, she's, that's her. Yeah, yeah.
1: her stance at all of the uh, the school board meetings and I, and I think we need to look at that word indoctrination because our schools and our stu- school students are being indoctrinated they're being indoctrinated with ultra conservative false narratives um mm-hmm. whitewash and, and let me give you a specific on this uh, one of the things when it first came out that students need to learn about was the Okoye Massacre. Right. Note the word massacre, because that's what it was. A group of white citizens came and slaughtered a community. Yep. Same thing with Rosewood. However, yep. it is now no longer called a massacre. And a lot of the places like Willingham and Tulsa, they're no longer massacres. They're now a riot. Yeah. So it's the Foley yeah. Election Day Riot. That mm-hmm. has a totally different connotation than massacre. Right. So I guess we're going to have the Boston Tea <laughs> Riot. Right. right, right.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very unfortunate that sort of thing is taking place. And it just so happens, uh, Mystery Fiction is being one of my strong suits, and there's a woman... I met me years ago, who wrote a book um, on Rosewood, and she just had a uh, she had a detective in there and writing a story. But she wrote it particularly on Rosewood at the time when it happened, and things that were going on. It was really, 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 very, very good. And I, of course, being new down here in Florida, I wasn't aware of that. So when I read it, uh, I said, "Holy cow! How could that possibly have happened?" But as you get older, we understand so many things like that, Tulsa and so forth have, in fact, happened. Well, now it gets back to the superintendent's race. So what, what, it, it, it's got it between, at the moment, between only those two people. What on earth are we going to do as Pasco Democrats?
1: The, um, well, I understand there is going to be an NPA who will be running. Mm-hmm. He hasn't announced yet, so I'm not going to divulge right. that, but right. there will be an NPA in the race. Um we were looking at and we did have uh someone who would have be eminently qualified as uh, who is a democrat who was considering the race whether he will you know i think he's still considering and he's not made up his mind yet but we do have uh someone uh, who might run as a democrat our only hope is is that if the NPA chooses not to run, and we don't have a Democrat, is that the Republicans do not pull the old "Let's have a right in candidate who's never going to oh, yeah. campaign and and close the uh, the election to to, right. to everyone,
0: right? And it's what you know, let's as a former teacher and you as a former teacher. Um, in the high school level, it's so scary to believe that uh, the conservatives could take over education because I think the average person doesn't understand what that really means for the future of our country is when you now have eliminated teaching about history, for example, what really happened, you're just whitewashing everything and and, and people are not going to be able to deal, I think, with the real world when they get out there and say, oh, that happened? I didn't know about that.
1: If they get that opportunity, I think another scary point on that is the transformation of new college from a, mm. a, a place where there is intellectual freedom a place where students you're very bright students went to new college because they had the opportunity to develop their own curriculum develop things that they're interested in really make themselves a well-rounded um, yep. student and a, a graduate and now it's being going to be turned into Hillsdale, Hillsdale College right.
0: junior one of the things that is a coincidence for me is that being a world class expert on the author John D. McDonald, we've published a book on him and so forth. And uh, John D. McDonald was one of the founders of New College. And uh, I, I've got to write a letter to the editor on this because, you know, he would be turning over in his grave if he could see what was happening at this point. Uh, well, potentially is going to happen there. Okay, uh, how about uh, some other issues facing well educators education first of all in pasco or maybe in the state and we'll talk about issues facing dec
1: well i just think the assault on on teachers is something you know when you look at statistics back in in january of 18 we were down about 1400 teachers in the entire state yeah this we're we're over five thousand, and there's so many teachers who, who want to to quit. They they just are micromanaged. There's no respect for the fact that you went through four years of college, that you received a degree in education. I, I still remember this, Cal. Many many years ago, the commissioner of education was speaking, and he said that people who had a no, it was the governor. Excuse me, the governor stated that people who had a degree in education didn't have a real degree. So I went to the university of South Florida and I I went into, to the um, financial aid area where you pay for your your tuition. Mm -hmm. And I demanded, my money back because I didn't have a real degree. I had a fake degree according to the governor of the state of Florida, who was a Republican, <laughs> and I wanted my money back. I got every person <laughs> in that office attention of as <laughs> I demanded. I said, No, that's what they're saying. You gave me a fake diploma. I want my money there back. You
0: are. Very good. What happened? <laughs> Did you just laugh uh, enough?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get my money back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> They uh, they listen to what I have to say, and I got a standing you know ovation from all those students who were in there. So go me. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, indeed. So okay, came back to uh, the other issues maybe facing us now, in terms of Pasco County and, and what the DEC oh, might well, be able I to do.
1: I think the biggest issues facing not only Pasco County and Florida, but the nation as well, is sustainability providing for those who are here now but also providing for the future Mm -hmm. i I think that some of the growth is unsustainable particularly when we look at florida the growth on the the coastal areas that are low-lying that get hit by these hurricanes that are prone to the flooding because remember it's the flooding that does most damage not the wind we do have laws about new construction and wind but we're allowing. We're constantly allowing the erosion of naturally low-lying areas. When you see home developments in Cypress ends, yeah, that's not not sustainable. And also, when we're you know we're looking at some like basic commodities too of water. Uh, many areas are running mm-hmm. out of drinking water because of the overgrowth and the mismanagement that we have. So you know, looking at even the climate and, uh, areas such as green spaces, you know, we've got all kinds of, uh, redevelopment, I guess that's what they're calling it. The gentrification mm-hmm. areas that are pushing the low income people out of their, their homes and their communities. Um, that's not sustainable. Uh, you know, wages are not keeping pace with, the cost of living uh ceos are much better than anyone else but that's not the bulk of the people in this country
0: mm. now i'm going to switch it down to another thing as we end this particular podcast and that's this a couple three years ago i was working at the uh, superintendent at the uh, election office uh, there's one of the workers who helps count things coming in uh from the various precincts and there, there were two republicans standing near me and they were talking and uh um, I remember one looking at the other saying, "Why do the Democrats even try? What's what's the value of it? They're going to lose everything." So here we are in 2023; they outnumber the Republicans outnumber us, and so forth. And yet there are a lot of people we know who are out there phoning, knocking on doors. Uh, with the municipal elections coming up, uh, people still going out there and doing things. But why is it important? ...for us as Democrats to continue doing the best we can do?
1: Because there has to be a voice for the other side. And I think that you're going to see a pendulum. I think the Republican Party has picked all the low-hanging fruit on the tree to give to their base. And now they're going up into the tree to get more and more. Mm -hmm. And you're going to find that pretty soon... People are going to, to wake up and they're going to see what's happening to them. Right now, the fear, Republican Party plays upon fear, and that is a strong motivator to, to, to take right. and vote. And eventually, people will swing because there was a period of time, if you were a Republican in Pasco County, why put up a candidate? You're going to lose. I think that the more we get out there, and, and we have got to give the message and constantly give the messages to what the Democratic Party has done and not allow people like Bill Arrakis to come out and say, look at all these things that, you know, the infrastructure that's being built when he voted against every Mm -hmm. single yeah, And I think it's important that we get that message out to people and that we're we're visible because if you throw up your hands and just say, you know, we're always going to lose – you may be surprised. I mean you will lose if you have that attitude. But if you go out with the attitude, eventually I think tribalism is going to end because right now people will tell you that they they, they vote for the person. They do not do that. Mm. They vote they look at the name and right. they say the D or they right. see the R. And I'm guilty of that, too. I, I vote Democratic. But I also know what the Democratic Party stands for. And I know what that person is going to do for me, for the community, for all of us. Mm-hmm. But I think that eventually that pendulum, people are going to wake up. And I, I really fault social media for a lot of this because they allow a lot of misinformation. And they, uh, you know, they do not give both sides. You know, when Reagan ended... The fair uh, use yep. doctrine, yep. where both sides had to be presented. Right. Nineteen eighty-seven. That yeah. was
0: yeah. Nineteen eighty-seven. That was right. End of right. the fairness doctrine. Right. Go ahead. But I,
1: but I think that that's part of it because you're only getting the one one view, the one viewpoint. I, to, you know, to show you the absurdity of the conservatives. I don't know if you saw this article or not, but. Tucker Carlson and the conservatives are going after M and M's. Yeah, going after. Did you see that? Yeah, they're going after M's because the little green character uh, uh, no longer wears high heel yeah. go-go boots, but is wearing tennis shoes, yeah. and they're no longer sexy. And I thought to myself, this is a group that, that doesn't want children to read any book that somebody's holding hands, <laughs> and yeah. they want sexy M and M's. Yeah, and M and M Cave. Yeah. They, they, they're pulled, the characters.
0: Well, I'll tell you one uh, thing that this, <laughs> in, in my point of view, is this right now, and that is what in Finland and a lot of other countries in Europe, what they've done is they have a, a national uh, media literacy program. Every student in school must go through several years of learning how to deal with the media, the social media as well as media in terms of radio, TV, and so forth, to learn how to look for things that are wrong, etc. That's what we need here because the Tucker Carlson's of the world would disappear overnight if we had people who had who grown up and being able to look at things and to see where the falsity well, uh, lies and so forth. And well, I there, think that's, is, yeah. there is
1: a bill in the legislature to have a, a social media um Class yeah. or a curriculum uh, in in the schools. However, I haven't looked at it in total because of this, who the sponsor is. <laughs> it's probably kind of biased because it is a Republican. But yeah. there 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 is.
0: Well, but if, I, I if,
1: want if, to if bring up one other thing if I could because yeah, this to me sure. was astounding. I went to the our local Pasco legislative delegation meeting, which was what a week or so ago. Right. and the one thing that was just. I, I, unbelievable is this gentleman towards the end got up to talk about open carry he's standing in front of all of the legislators for our our county there are sheriff department people all throughout this audience watching and you know kind of mm-hmm. guarding this man had open on his side seeing for everyone a gun yeah. in a facility on school grounds Mm -hmm. and not one sheriff's department person spoke to him not one member of the legislation spoke to him and the people some of us in the audience we were aghast at seeing this
0: well yeah and i will say one thing based on my i this this year is the first one i haven't done uh, the legislative sessions now in several years but i remember the first one i went to a few years ago and I was next to last, and I was talked about the, I think it was the ACLU and criminal reform. And um, uh, the next person up was a person by the name of Brandy, Brandy Jett, who first of all looked at everybody on the stage, the Legislative Assembly, and said, would you please now listen to me and put down your phones? Would you please now listen to me? And she just... Jack them around for about thirty seconds, and all of a sudden you saw people like Corcoran and others say, "Oh, I guess I've got to listen what these people say. That's why they're here." And I think if she had been there yesterday, or the, I mean, when at this most recent time, she probably would have said something. And uh, I would applaud her for that. It is scary where we are today in these things, and given the fact that we've had now the the two uh, the two sets of killings on uh, in California, well, within seventy two hours, uh, it's ridiculous. Anyway, I suspect that we'll probably talk again, Beverly. There's always something, and I appreciate your time today. And uh, anything you want to say in closing?
1: Don't give up hope. Hope means the spirit of triumph,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if we keep that, that light of hope burning, we will triumph.
0: Yeah, and I think that, that uh, I'll end it too, today by saying this, what we learned and what the Biden people taught, taught us, I think, in the last election, there are values that the Democrats stand for, and they are very important values in our American culture. So I'm hoping that uh, we will... Um, prevail, and get people to understand those values more. Thank you, Beverly Ledbetter, again, for an inspiring conversation, and we'll talk soon. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you.